If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus. and opinions expressed on my story living with lupus podcast represents each person's individual experience by listening to this podcast or reading our blog you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others as always Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lupus podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved. Thank you for joining me for another episode of My Story Living with Lupus Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks, and I'm so glad that you could join me on this Friday, July 24th, 2020. Hey, today we'll be talking about lupus and the prostate. Also, we'll be discussing elevated CV risk noted in lupus patients. So you know what I want you to do all the way from the United States to Chile. That's right. Grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, and to those who are listening late at night, you know I appreciate you. So grab your favorite glass of wine and come on and join the conversation right here on my story living with lupus podcast hey you have your cup of coffee your cup of tea or if you're listening late at night do you have that glass of wine All right, let's get started. We know that a healthy immune system defends the body against disease and infection. But if the immune system malfunctions, it mistakenly attacks healthy cells, tissues, and organs. Called the autoimmune disease, these attacks can affect any part of the body, weakening bodily function, and even turning life-threatening. Now, scientists know about more than 80 autoimmune diseases. Some are well-known, such as type 1 diabetes. Did you know that was an autoimmune disease? Multiple sclerosis, lupus, Did you know rheumatoid arthritis is considered an autoimmune disease? While others 
are rare and difficult to diagnose with unusual autoimmune diseases. Patients may suffer years before getting proper diagnosis. Most of these diseases have no cure. Some require lifelong treatment to ease symptoms. Now, collectively, these diseases affect more than 24 million people in the United States. An additional 8 million people have autoantibodies, blood molecules that indicate a person's chance of developing autoimmune disease. Now, autoimmune diseases are affecting more people for reasons unknown. Likewise, the cause of the diseases remain a mystery. Now, prostate and prostate cancer is the most common cancer among men. Now, I'm not saying that lupus can cause prostate cancer because there's not been enough research done on this. But what I am saying is how does lupus affect the prostate? Let's continue. This year, an estimated 164,690 men in the United States will be diagnosed with prostate cancer or an issue dealing with their prostate. But the question remains the same. For a male, depending on what type of SLE he may have, are you at risk to developing problems with your prostate or even prostate cancer? Now, we are going to delve into it today. But first, here are the signs and symptoms of issues with the prostate. The symptoms depend on the cause of the prostatus. They may include painful urination, frequent urination at night, urgency to urinate, difficulty urinating, painful ejaculation, abdominal pain, pelvic pain, bloody urine, blood and semen, urinary retention. Now the treatments depend on the underlying causes. Um, Medication is antibiotics taken for four to six weeks to prevent reoccurrence. And usually the antibiotic is Cipro. 
Alpha blockers can be used to relax the bladder. Now, there also exists self-care. Soaking in a warm bath, limit intake of spicy food, alcohol, caffeine, avoid prolonged sitting, drink plenty of fluids. You don't want to become dehydrated. Now, the causes of acute prostatitis is often caused when urine leaks into the prostate. If bacteria are not fully eliminated, this may um, reoccur with chronic bacterial prostatitis, nerve damage caused by surgery or trauma in the lower urinary tract can also contribute to this. Stay with me and when we return, we'll go in further with this. This episode is partly sponsored by Goli Gummy. We all know the benefits of apple cider vinegar. Now, you guys know that I'm a vegan and that I have lupus along with other health issues. I used to take ACV every morning before I worked out, but eventually the taste of ACV got to me and I had to look for another alternative. And that's when a friend of mine turned me on to Goli. Goli is the first apple cider vinegar gummy. They give you all the benefits of ACV without the taste. That's right. Goli is vegan, gelatin-free, gluten-free, and 100% organic. And the vitamins and the ACV in Goli promotes a healthy heart by maintaining a healthy cholesterol range, controls blood sugar levels, and also curbs your appetite. And the best part about Goli, for every sale generated, A child in need receives a six-month supply of essential vitamins with vitamin angels. So, if you don't believe what I'm saying, I'm going to give you some information so you can try Goli for yourself. Here's a promo code you can use. It's SueLynn1. That's S U E 
L Y N N E Y, and you'll receive five percent off of your initial purchase. Also, I'll leave a link in the description in the podcast. So, why don't you go and try it for yourself? You won't believe how good it tastes. That's goalie. People with lupus, a chronic autoimmune disease that impacts the skin, joints, and organs have a higher than average risk of developing 16 types of cancer, according to a new analysis published in the journal Arthritis Research and Therapy. The researchers determined that lupus patients are more likely to develop non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, multiple myeloma, as well as cancer of the cervix, vagina, vulva, kidneys, bladder, esophagus, stomach, liver, lungs, pharynx, larynx, thyroid, and skin, non-melanoma. Although this sounds alarming, it's not exactly new information. These findings were derived from a summary of 24 previously published studies, and rheumatologists have long known about the connection between autoimmune disease and cancer. Now, although this, um, the lupus community, I should say, is already aware of the increased risk and diligently screens for cancer as part of a routine care. Now, does your doctor, a rheumatologist, whoever you may see, screen for cancer risk? I know mine does. The study results are not novel nor unexpected, just more precise. There is no need to reevaluate the long-term cancer surveillance practices nor reassess current treatment regimens in lupus patients. Now, this is from the study. Interestingly, the study found that having lupus does not seem to raise the risk of breast, uterine, ovarian, pancreatic, colorectal, or brain cancer. And lupus appears to be linked to a lower risk of prostate cancer and melanoma. Now, I have found studies that are conflicting when it comes to dealing with the prostate and a male having lupus. There is conflicting research done on this that states that 
men with lupus are at risk of prostate cancer. And then there's other studies that state that they are linked to a lower risk of prostate cancer, but it also states that not enough research has been done on this. And I would like to know if you can research, even though lupus is more prevalent in women and the studies are based on women, basically, we all know that males are at risk also, maybe at a lower risk, but are at risk of lupus also. And when you come across male patients with lupus, don't you think that further studies should be done on males also to see the effects of lupus on the prostate. Further research needs to be done. This is one thing um, I truly, truly have a hard time with when it comes to research. Don't just take one group and that is women, and base all the research on that. And when you find, come across, when doctors come across a male patient with lupus, they have to sit back and scratch their head and say, well, it's not enough research on this. So how will we treat a male with lupus? That's where I have the problem with research at. And man, if you have lupus, it's no need to sit back in silence. It's other men who have this chronic illness also. Now, in recent years, the life expectancy for people with lupus has improved dramatically. In fact, the overwhelming majority of patients, 80 to 90%, will have a normal lifespan, provided they stay on top of their treatment. Of course, researchers and doctors are always looking for ways to improve the odds even further. Despite their increased life expectancy, People with lupus still have two to five times the risk of premature death compared with the general population, not only for all-cause mortality, but also for mortality from cancer, the study authors wrote. As a result, more attention should be paid to the risk of cancer development in patients with lupus. If you have lupus, your doctor should already be recommending earlier or more frequent 
screenings for various types of cancers, assuming that that's being happening. And if not, bring it up at your next appointment. There's probably no reason to do anything differently based on this study findings. You guys, I have always encouraged you to speak up, speak out. You are your own best advocate. If you are not receiving early detection for cancer and you have lupus, bring it to your doctor's attention. Go in and say, hey, do you think I need to be screened for this, 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 this? Especially males. Come on now. We got to speak up because we are our own best advocates. Become knowledgeable and become empowered. You know, those of us with lupus experience hair loss, thinning hair, either from the illness or the medication we take. I have the perfect solution for you. It's called Vitalize. Yes, Vitalize can help you. They are in the business of growing healthy hair. They have a hair system that can help you, and even better, they have a new and improved edge control gel. That's right, ladies. There is no flaking. It lays down the edges and also protects it from heat. But wait one minute. Most importantly, the edge control has the award-winning hair growth ingredient retinin saw. Addition to the three-part scalp treatment system, there is a silk pillowcase for you to lay those growing locks on. Shampoo, conditioner, and multivitamin gummies. You can see reduced shedding in two weeks. You heard me. And most See results in four. To see proof for yourself, go on over to VitalizeHair.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I-Z-E-H-A-I-R.com. And use the referral link listed in the information box on this podcast. Hey, look, prostate cancer is the most common non-skin cancer in the United States, affecting one in six men. Now, they present evidence that prostate cancer is decreased in men with SLE compared to an aged match geographically appropriate 
population. These results are of interest given the putative role of hormones in the pathogenesis of SLE in males. You know, one reason why I did this topic is because I have a friend who has just been diagnosed with prostate cancer and he has SLE. And that's why I want men to be screened regardless if you have SLE or not. Now, the study further states in particular, there is some evidence that males with SLE show a tendency towards low testosterone levels as compared to males without SLE. Androgens mediate cell proliferation in prostate tissue and are thus important in the um, physiology of prostate cancer. Alterations in androgen pathways that render an individual relatively hypoandrogenic can potentially alter prostate risk, although the relative importance of these pathways, including the genetic polymorphisms that affect them, still requires more study. We know genetic factors are also worth considering. One genetic common variant linked with prostate cancer on chromosome the number 8q24 is also associated with ovarian cancer and coincidentally is in the same region as a breast cancer-related locus. Both breast and ovarian, as well as endometrial cancers, appear to be decreased in women with SLE compared to the general population. The completion of the gene genome Wide Association Studies, GWAS, in unselected SLE patients may help in determining whether these specific cancer-related SNPs are in fact decreased in SLE. You see why it is so important for for us to be screened early. Now, important potential limitations of this work do exist. They did not have information about prostate cancer risk stratified by race. All studies were drawn 
from Caucasian predominant populations. Now you see why I get so upset when it comes to the research, especially with African Americans, especially males, when it comes to SLE studies. However, race-specific SIRS for cancers overall have been published using data from an international multi-center SLE cohort. No one has been, well, I shouldn't say has been, but no one has examined the issue of prostate cancer screening in males with SLE. However, data do suggest that women, going back to women with SLE, are less likely to undergo certain types of cancer screenings. Thus, theoretically, it may be that a lower prostate cancer risk could in part be related to less screening. However, comprehensive prostate cancer guidelines were not in place for most of the calendar years over which the data was collected. Moreover, most men, even in the general population, are not compliant with recommended cancer screenings. Thus, it seems unlikely that differences in screening explain all of the observed findings. Finally, regarding the effects of medication on cancer risk, we all know with meds, there are side effects. Do you really read the side effects of the medication that you are prescribed? Do you ask the doctors, what are the side effects? Now, in this research, the published studies examined, that they examined did not provide details about these exposures of the side effects of medication. Now, some observational studies have a potential protective effect of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, NSAIDs, often used in rheumatic diseases and prostate cancer risk. However, in a recent large prospective cohort study, NSAID use was not associated with prostate cancer risk. In sub-analysis of the multi-center lupus cohort, there was a trend towards a protective role of NSAIDs and aspirin for cancer risk overall. But again, the lower, the low numbers of men preclude much precision with respect to prostate cancer. Now, in summary, these pooled data suggest a decreased risk of prostate cancer in SLE, 
more definite conclusions require additional data. Since alterations in androgen pathways can potentially alter prostate risk, a lower risk of prostate cancer would be in keeping with early, earlier data suggesting, suggesting hydroandrogenic states in men with SLE. Underlying genetic factors could also be at play. Most importantly, further study of these issues in a large cohort is needed, not just based on a Caucasian population, but a multiracial population is needed to know the risk for men with lupus and dealing with the prostate. But men, as I stated earlier, ask your doctor, when is the best time for you to be screened for prostate cancer? And if he states, oh, you have nothing to worry about, we think about that um, down the road. Personally, me, I'd rather do it sooner than later because later may be too late. You know, there was a study um, which was published yesterday in MedPage Today regarding um, elevated CV risks noted in lupus patients. Hypertension and smoking are among the key risk factors. Now, um, you know, some medications we're on can cause us to have hypertension. And sometimes we are genetically predisposed to hypertension. But in this study that was released yesterday, as I stated, in Met page today, um, the questions addressed are as follows. What were, what were the incident rate ratios of MI, my, my um, myocardial infarctions, and cerebral vascular events in patients with SLE? Were cardiovascular events linked to traditional cardiovascular or lupus-specific risk factors? Now, the action points of the study is as follows. Elevated risk for myocardial infarction, better known as 
MI and cerebrovascular events were noted in patients with systemic lupus erythematosus in a prospective population based cohort study from Sweden. Note that smoking, hypertension, reduced renal functions were risk factors for MI, which is myocardial infarctions, while female sex hypertension and the presence of anti-cardiolipin antibodies were risk factors for cerebral vascular events. I will leave the link in the description box for you to read further in this study. It was a lengthy study. Um, but if you smoke and have lupus, stop. Come on now, stop. Just stop. Also in this study, um, they did a total follow-up of 5,560 patients a year. Patient years, I'm sorry. You know, um, I wonder why Sweden and all the other countries are coming up with this. And I've been looking to see what is what kind of research is coming out of the United States for this. Also, another point they made in this study, among patients diagnosed with SLE before age 60, the median disease duration until MI was 20 years compared to four years for those older than 60. When I first had my first stroke, I think I was, I was in my 40s. That was the first one. And then six months later, because they told me um, to expect another stroke six months afterwards. And sure enough, it I had my second strokes stroke six months after um, the first one, but it affected. Um, they told me it's the right side. It's the right side. It affected my left side. The right side of my brain affected my left side. I had to learn how to walk. Again, I was on a cane. I was going to physical therapy. And also sometimes um, the residual effect from my stroke is that um, I don't do it knowingly, but my head will tilt to the right side. Sometimes uh, instead of most people hold their head straight uh, mine will tilt over to the right side that I have to be cognizant 
of to straighten it up. That was one of the side effects of my stroke besides learning how to, um, you know, unless I walk again, it really hit my left side really bad. So, yeah, but I will leave the link in the bio um, for you to read. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Well, if you want to know how my friend is doing, when I received the call at 2 o'clock in the morning and he told me what was going on, I told him, not claiming it, I said, I'm getting ready to get up right now, pull out all of my um, texts, all of my journals, all of my papers, and um, we're going to go over them and set up uh, a regimen um, for you to be on. And you let your doctor know what you're doing. And um, he let his doctor know what I had set up. And the doctor said that was great. And... Um, He's been dealing with that, and he wants a second opinion. I told him to get a second opinion and that I would go with him where he would not be alone. And he told me, he said, you know that you're not supposed to be um, going in and out of hospitals and medical facilities and I told him well you're in the same shape because you have lupus too so I'll be right there with you I'm gonna hang right there with you I said you know it could be a false positive and he said you know what after I told the doctor what you came up with he said the same thing. It could be a false positive. I said, so see there? I said, so I'm right there with you. Um, we're going to do it. And um, I set up a regimen. He, he's in good spirits. Um, I talked to him on Thursday. Uh, he's in good spirits and everything. Um, and I told him after all of this, we're going to go by the water with our fishing poles. We're going to go fishing, whether we catch anything or not, and just have a relaxful day. I told him that I would fix him a vegan meal. And he said, oh, no, never mind. I'll pick something up for me. You can have the vegan stuff for yourself. And we laughed about that. Um, I told him, don't worry, because it could be a false positive. But I placed him on my prayer altar, and I left it in God's hands. And I told him that I wanted him to leave it in God's hands also. So, um, yeah, 
I'll be hanging right with him, going back and forth with him to the doctor so he will not feel like he's alone. But I enjoyed this time with you this morning. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. For each new morning with its light, for rest and shelter of the night, for health and food, for love and friends, for everything thy goodness sends. I thank you for joining me on this episode of My Story Living with Lupus. Also, thank you to the sponsors of this episode, Goalie Gummies. Introducing the world's first apple cider vinegar gummy. Taste the apple, not the vinegar. And Vitalize Hair Care System. I use it and believe me when I tell you I can see my hair growing back. So try them out. The links will also be in the description box. So once again, this is Susan Hendricks from My Story, Living with Lupus Podcast. I want you to have a most peaceful, blessed, positive weekend. And I'll see you next Friday.